The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investments goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 referred to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We are in the money. The skies are sunny. An old man recession. You may not, you certainly are not through, but you have definitely done us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market, and certainly we're going to do that. We talk about the pandemic. We're going to talk about that. But also we talk about Social Security, retirement planning, all the things that anybody over 50 who is retired or retiring soon may want to be interested in. So, um, But uh, before we go one step further, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Why, thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. And so we work primarily with people who are uh, contemplating retirement or who are already there. So if that's you, this show is designed for you. I love it. <laughs> and I do. And, uh, you know, recently, Barron's named moi, your faithful host, one of the top 100 financial advisors. Actually, they did that for eight years in a row, which is remarkable remarkable to me. But uh, I'll tell you that without our beloved and most valued clients, we would be nowhere. So all you clients, we thank you for that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, as you may have noticed this week, uh, the S&P, the Dow, uh, the stock markets have been uh, dropping uh, precipitously. And so we're going to talk about in the first segment, I'm going to call it no stimulus, lockdowns, the elections. Wow. We got a lot on the plate. So we're going to talk about what it all means, put it in perspective, and give you some thoughts about that. Now, also, uh, speaking of risk, in our second segment, we're going to talk about the seven kinds of investment risk that you could face. And, you know, as with a, uh, if you go into battle, if you are a sports team and you're going into a big game or whatever it may be, the more you know about your opponent, the better. And uh, so, therefore, when you invest, your opponent is risk. And so we're going to talk about seven investment risks so you get to know your opponent really well, make you better able to deal with that. Now, also, as we do every week, uh, we talk about Social Security. And uh, this week, of course, uh, you know, uh, we, we I would say that probably 
almost every conversation I have with clients has some component of social security built into it. There's always a question about that, either, uh, you know, when, how to take it, uh, you know, all of those kind of things. So we're going to talk uh, once again this week on strategies on how to maximize your social security benefits. So we'll have that for you. And then also, as you guys know, our firm, uh, we believe we have a strategy, an investment philosophy that we call invest and protect. And what I mean by that is that we believe, yes, you should buy and yes, you should hold, but also we believe that you should sell meaning that you should get out and protect what you have. And uh, our strategy said to sell in November of 2007, uh, just before the uh, the big crash in 2008. And it said to stay out uh, during the entire year of 2008. And then, of course, uh, you know, in 2018 also, and also this year, um, in March, we said it was time to get out. We took our clients out. And uh, you know what happened this year with the pandemic. So we believe in protection of principle is very important. Now, growth is important for sure, but protection Protecting your principal, we believe, is even more important when you become of a certain age, shall I say. Uh, and so, therefore, I'm going to ask you, do you have a strategy to protect yourself, uh, given that there's no stimulus package right now, given that we may be locking down the economy again like we did uh, earlier, and given that the elections are coming on and all the uncertainty around that? So do you have a, a strategy to protect yourself from big losses if that were to happen? And so I want to go over with you some thoughts about that later on in the show, because I think it's very important, especially if you're over 50, you know, if you lose a big chunk of your money and, and it takes a long time to recover from it, that could change a lot of your plans. And I don't want that for you. So we'll, we'll be talking about that later on in the show. And you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, hey, if you did just that, you have done more than your listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. To infinity and beyond. Yes, Buzz, to infinity and beyond. But on this show, do we stop right there? No, no, we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And this week, I'm going to answer a question that every one of you, ladies and gentlemen, has been laying awake at night wondering what the answer to this question was. And I'm a believer in a good night's sleep, so therefore I want to alleviate you of this burning question that's kept you awake all, all, these, all these nights. And that is, what is the job of the executor of my estate? Now I know, I, I know, you guys have been really worried about the answer to that question. It's been like worrying you all this time. I'm going to alleviate you of that. We're going to talk about what is the job of the executor, okay? So when you write a will, you've named somebody an executor and you probably should know what that person's supposed to do. Or, or maybe you have been named. So anyway, we've got a great show. I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire show. And uh, I know that this is, you know, these are dire times, and I know that, uh, you know, there's a lot of terrible things going on, but I believe in levity, and I believe in having a sense of humor, and I believe in seeing the bright side, even in the worst of times. And so I just want to tell you that uh, last week I mentioned that it was my birthday, and if you wanted to get me something, you could get me something little and red, you know, that fits in my garage. It's a, a Ferrari, and I was joking about it. Well, somebody gave me uh, a little toy Ferrari. And I'm like, wait, that, and I said, what is this? And they said, well, you said you wanted it to be little. It is little. You said you wanted it to be red, and it, it is red. You wanted it to fit in your garage, and it does. So I have a little uh, six-inch uh, Ferrari now. <laughs> I just don't know how I'm supposed to get into that. How do I drive it? Anyway, let's talk about uh, no stimulus, lockdowns, the elections. Wow. So 
the politicians, I guess, decided that it was politically expedient for them to go home and campaign for their reelection before passing any kind of stimulus. They decided that it was a, it was a good idea to do that. Uh, when businesses are going bankrupt, people are suffering. And uh, so I, I just don't understand how you can look in the mirror and be okay with that. But that's what they did. So as we've been talking about for several weeks now, if not months, it's all about the stimulus. 70% of our economy is driven by consumer spending. And if you have tens of millions of people who are unemployed and have no money to spend, that is a massive drag on our economy. And if that happens, companies who make profits from that spending would not make those profits, their stocks would fall, and we could see terrible things that come from that on the stock market. So that's a very scary thing. The fact that they all went home and said no, no stimulus for, for, for now is a very scary thing for the market. So that's one thing that certainly uh, went into uh, the, the, the drop we just saw. Now, because of the uh, spike in, in uh, COVID cases, we're st there's talk about locking down the economy again. And if that happens, then that's going to have a very detrimental effect on what remaining businesses were, were barely hanging on. It probably could put them out of business as well. So that's scaring the stock market. And then if you just want to put a cherry and some, some, <laughs> some frosting on the cake, let's throw in the elections in there too. And, you know, and now it looks like the race is tightening. And so you know, the market, I think, was pricing in a Biden victory, but now maybe it's a Trump victory. And so there's all this uncertainty. So let's just throw that on top of the whole thing. So what do we think about it all? First of all, there will be a stimulus package. That's our view, okay? We, there will be. It's just a matter of when. It's not a matter of if. So that's the first thing. And when that does happen, we believe we'll see a massive rise in, in both the Dow and the S&P. We'll see a, a big stock market rise. So we do believe the, the stimulus is coming. The lockdowns, we've seen, so, so let me go through the other parts of it. In March, when we locked down the economy and when the whole thing came about, it scared the bejeevers out of everyone because we didn't know what was coming. The fear of the unknown, we exaggerate. As human beings, we take you know something and we just magnify it into, oh my gosh, it's going to be the worst ever. But today, we're not in that same place. We know a lot more about the virus than we did you know, even three, four, seven months ago. We know a lot more about what's going to happen with lockdowns. We know a lot more about what the government's going to do in terms of the Federal Reserve stepping in and the government with stimulus. And we know the effect that that has on the stock market. So the fact that the market's been going down recently, uh, this week certainly a lot, we believe it's, it's a buying opportunity, not a time to panic and sell because of the fact that we think there will be a stimulus, that'll rebound it nicely in, in our view. Uh, we, we're closer to having a vaccine than we were back in March. Uh, we also know that uh, the Federal Reserve is gonna step in and do whatever it takes. There's a lot of stuff we know now that we didn't know then. So therefore, yes, people are, are taking money off the table. And uh, as I record this, uh, we're just about at correction levels, which means that this, we, we get this kind of a drop in the market periodically, usually once or twice a year, even in good times. So not something right now for us to be overly reactive to, to, to get all panicked and do anything about, but certainly we are watching it. And should we get to a point where we believe it's time to get out and protect what you have, I will tell you here on the air, just like I did back in March of this year. Okay, so now if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, then here's what <laughs> then uh, there's a couple of things that I'd like to offer you. One is you can subscribe to my market alert uh, email. It's actually a video we send out once a week. 
and it has a text if you're a reader. And uh, we, we, uh, you can subscribe to that. There's no charge or obligation with that. And you go to our website, rpoa.com, and when, you know, when and if we see that it's time to, to bail and protect, uh, we, we put that out there. Also, uh, while you're there, you can sign up to attend one of our virtual seminars, and uh, they're also at no charge. And at the seminars, we talk about uh, retirement planning in uh, the age of this pandemic. If you want to retire and you still have all that going on, we also have uh, 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 videos uh, and seminars on social security planning. We are in the middle right now of the uh, uh, Medicare enrollment period, and we have videos on there uh, and, and uh, seminars on uh, Medicare enrollment as well. So we have all kinds of resources available to you. You can meet, you can schedule a time to meet with one of our retirement planners. So go to our website. It's rpoa.com. That's retirementplannersofamerica.com. And uh, binge watch, attend, visit with our uh, retirement planners. Uh, educate yourself and be better for it, hopefully. All right, so rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a, a, a break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the seven investment risks you could face. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am a, retire a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America. Wow, I feel good. And I do feel good. And uh, I want to thank all of you for your well wishes. I had my 63rd birthday um, last week, and all of you who uh, sent me flowers. Man, I could open a florist shop with all the flowers I got. I don't know about flowers. Somehow flowers don't seem to be, uh, I don't know. But anyway, it's good. Thank you, everybody. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America. We're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And if that is you, then this show is designed for you. Our firm is designed to cater to you. We'd love to meet you. Our website is rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And, you know, uh, last year, the Better Business Bureau uh, gave us what they call the Torch Award for Ethics for a large company. And uh, I can tell you that, you know, we've gotten a lot of awards. We've got a lot of uh, accolades that are quite remarkable in my view. Um, but one of the things that I've always truly believed in and our core values uh, are all uh, aligned around is ethics and uh, benefiting others before you benefit yourself and all that kind of thing. So when we won that award, it, it, uh, I stood up there to give the speech, uh, the thank you speech for that, and I actually was so choked up I could hardly speak. It's, uh, it's a very, it was a very proud moment, but anyway. Um, so let me go over with you uh, the seven investment risks that you could face as, a, as an investor. And the reason why I want to do this with you is because when you are in the investing business, if you're investing your money, essentially you are in the risk business. And if you know, and, and as Shakespeare once said, I think it was Shakespeare, know thine enemy. <laughs> Somebody will correct me on that one, Jack. They'll say, no, it was not Shakespeare. But anyway, know thine enemy, I think is, uh, is a pretty good thing to, to, to adhere to. So let me go over with you the seven See, now, other shows would maybe give you three or four. No, we don't just give you three or four. We're going to give you the set, not seven of the investment risks that you could face, okay? So number one is capital risk, and that's kind of the one that everybody really focuses on, which is, you know, I could lose my money. So like this last week, as the market went down, if your investments went down, that's called capital risk, okay? You see the value of your investments dropping, and that's what most people are concerned about. 
and, and should be, by the way, and that's why we have our invest and protect strategy. But no, that's not the only one. That's one of seven. So number two is inflation risk. So if you don't like capital risk, you don't like the fact that the stock market goes down or, and all that kind of stuff, you could take all of your money and just put it in the bank and make a half of a percent or less. If you do that, now you've got inflation risk. Because if inflation heats up and you're only making half a percent and inflation is 5%, then guess what? Your purchasing power is losing you 4.5% a year. You're actually losing money from a purchasing power standpoint. And I believe that inflation risk is actually one of the most significant risks that any uh, investor, particularly people who are retired, have. Number three is interest rate risk. And we've experienced that lately, right? Which is that, you know, let's say you had a CD or a, or a bond that was paying 6% or something and matured. And when it matures, all of a sudden you're like, oh, gee, I got to reinvest this at half a percent. You know, so now you got, you got interest rate risk. The other thing that you have is you have market risk. So market risk is where investments, uh, you know, the whole market takes your investment down. And, and so it's the market that you're in. You could have, for example, uh, technology stocks go down, but uh, energy stocks go up. So you have the, the market that you're in is the kind of risk. Number five, liquidity risk. So this is where you need the money and you can't get at it because there are penalties or because it's a bad time to sell it or because you just can't get at it. You know, there are, there are these real estate partnerships and other kinds of partnerships where you can only get at your money once a year or, or once every five years or whatever it is. And then if you have bonds, you know, you may not be able to sell them. Earlier this year, for example, the bond market froze up uh, and it was a liquidity call. So liquidity means the, abil the ability to turn the money into cash quickly. Real estate, for example, right now is selling like hotcakes, but there have been times when if you wanted to sell your real estate, you weren't going to get a price for that. Number six, legislative risk. So, you know, I've been around a long time, <laughs> and I remember back in the 80s, in the late 80s, where they decided that all those real estate and all those kind of partnerships where you got, you know, you invested a dollar and you got $3 of tax breaks uh, were not going to be a thing they wanted to have continue anymore, and so they changed the laws. And all the people who were in those investments, all of a sudden, the, 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 the value of the investment was the tax savings. The Congress changed the law, and those investments lost a lot of money, uh, be, became a lot less valuable. So you have to be careful if you invest in something because of the law as it stands today, because Congress giveth and Congress taketh away as well. So be careful of that. And number seven is default risk. So default risk means that uh, you know the, the place that you invest your money in goes out of business or just vanishes. You know, they just they, they go bankrupt or they can't pay you uh, or whatever it may be, and that is called default risk. Okay, so Enron was uh, an example of that for those of you who've been around long enough. And, of course, Lehman in 2008, we had a lot of stuff going on. So those are the seven risks that uh, you face as an investor. So what, what do you do with all this information? Well, basically, in a, por in a portfolio that is diversified, you should be able to address all of these risks, okay? Because if you want to beat inflation, you need to have investments that beat inflation. But the problem with that is that they are going to provide you most likely with capital risk. So it's a trade-off. How do you blend all these different kinds of risks in your portfolio to customize them to your situation? Well, I'll tell you how one way that you could do it is you could go to our website. It's rpoa.com. 
And uh, if you go there, you can uh, uh, sign up to visit with one of our, uh, you can click on meet with an advisor. And if you do that, then we'll schedule a time to visit with you virtually. And we'll go through your entire financial plan with you. We'll look at where you are now, what your goals are and all of that. We'll put together, we'll, we'll work with you to build a financial plan, a cash flow plan, a diversification plan, all that kind of stuff. We'll do it all in no charge or obligation. And uh, when you're done, you'll be able to look at it and say, I like it or not. And uh, what, even if you like it, there's no charge or obligation. Okay. So I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Well, Bogey is right. It is absolutely that. And you know, one of our core values is we always part friends. And so regardless of whether you want to do business with us or not, we will part friends. Okay. So go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And when you're there, cl click on meet with an advisor. We'll schedule a time to visit with you and we'll put in the time. We want to help you. And, and like I said, if we can help you, fantastic. And if not, that's fine too. Okay. We'll part friends either way. Now, also while you're there, you, you may want to sign up for my market alert uh, video because this is the one where we said to sell on, on March 10th, which is actually the day before the, it was announced that we had a pandemic and uh, uh, certainly long before the market's uh, bottom. And so we want to talk with you about that and uh, our investment protect strategy. And you can uh, get all of that by subscribing to my market alert video email. All right. So you can do all of that at rpoa.com. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about social security and how to maximize it. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters and I I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. We work primarily with people who are over 50 who are retired or retiring soon. And uh, recently, Financial Times named our firm one of the top 300 registered investment advisors in, in and uh, actually for the third time. Wow! Yes, and so we're very flattered by that, but we know that without our beloved and most valued clients, and we have clients now in 48 states, it is a wonderful thing, and uh, we are so... Uh, we're so proud of that, but we would we know we would never <laughs> achieve any awards without our clients. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. And, uh, you know, one of the topics that comes up almost in every time that I meet with a client, I would say, <laughs> it feels that way anyway, is Social Security. When do we take it? How do we take it? You know, maximizing the benefits. And it is very, very complicated, I have to say. And there are a lot of factors that go into the decision as to when and how you take Social Security. Okay, there are the rules, first of all. You know, there are a lot of rules. But also, from a non-rule standpoint, there are factors to consider, such as your health. Because when you look at Social Security, it's a payout. You're going to get a payout. And if you take Social Security at different ages or different ways of taking it, you're going to get different payouts. And so if you get a lower payout, then you are going to break even in that lower payout at a farther out in the distance time. So meaning you have to have longevity. So, so all of those kind of things, you know, your health, your, your, uh, the difference in your income between you and your spouse, um, the difference in your ages is also important. So there's a lot of factors that go into it. It's like playing uh, three-dimensional chess, if you will. Yes. So what I do every week is uh, I answer questions on uh, Social Security. So I have a question here that says, I am 64. My husband is 60. Um, I have minimal earnings record. Would I be able to claim my Social Security benefit now and then when my husband turns 66 and files, switch to claiming half of his benefit? 
um, and my benefit is going to is less than half of his. So the answer to that question is: if you file now, you'll be able to get about eighty-seven percent of the benefit that you would have gotten had you wait, waited uh, two more years till you're sixty-six. Now, when you add on the spousal benefit, meaning the, the half of your husband's part, you'll be paid the difference between your benefit and 50% of his. So I'm being technical here, but you'll still get your benefit. They'll just add however much more that'll get you up to 50% of his. But because you started at 64, the total will not be the full 50%, okay? So if you, because you're going to get 87%, not 100% of your benefit, so you won't quite get to the 50. If you want to receive the full 50% of his benefit, you would need to wait until you're 66 to file your, your Social Security. Okay, so that's the first question. Second question here. Uh, my wife is not covered by Social Security. She's older than me and would collect spousal benefits only. Can my wife collect spousal benefits when I'm 62 with the understanding that her benefit would be further reduced until I'm un uh, under because I'm under the age of 66. Okay, so I, uh, you, there's a little misunderstanding there. She can't file for spousal benefit until you file for yours. So if you haven't filed for yours, she can't collect on yours. Okay, so you could file at age 62, but that would leave you with a permanently reduced benefit, and it would reduce the benefit she would get upon your death. Okay, because the longer you wait, the more your benefit is, and, and that's what she gets upon your death. So keep in mind that it would not reduce her spousal benefit as you suggested. Okay, her spousal benefit, uh, the spousal benefit is based on the amount that you would have received had you waited until you're 66. So the fact that you're not 66 has nothing to do with this. It's just a matter of whether you file or not, whether she can collect it. Okay, so. I'm glad we had this talk. Yes. So once again. These kinds of questions are great. So if you have questions, you can send them to me, and I'll endeavor to answer them. My email is uh, uh, ken at rpoa.com, and, and I'll try to answer your questions. But the point I'm trying to get across here is that it is super complex. And if you don't do it properly, you could leave literally, you know, if you, if you miss out on 100 bucks a month, think about that over your lifetime. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It's a lot. And so doing it properly, I think, is extremely important. And our retirement planners are trained in Social Security. Okay, so we're here to help you with that. So if you go to our website, you have lots of resources when it comes to making the decision on Social Security and Medicare and all of that. So I don't know how to say I thank you, except I thank you. Well, Frank, you're very welcome. So if you go to our website, rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com, there are uh, videos uh, we podcast this show, so this, all the segments uh, regarding Social Security strategies are posted on there. You can go find them and listen to them if you'd like. Uh, we also have articles about it. And then you can uh, attend our virtual seminars that we have on Social Security. Uh, there, there are no charge for those. Or you can visit with one of our retirement planners, and we'll sit down and, and uh, build with you a retirement plan which brings into play Social Security. Uh, it brings into play income taxes. It brings into play your all the money you have uh, and your goals and all of that and we'll help you to build that. All of this is available to you at no charge or obligation, and where you find it all is at rpoa.com. So if you're over 50, go there and uh, binge watch everything. You'll spend hours there if you want to. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, do you have a protection strategy? The market's dropping like a stone. What are you doing about it? So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. This is Money Matters with Ken Morayf, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. <laughs> 
Thank you, Jack. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we're a firm that specializes in retirement planning. We work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. Hey, 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 hey. And they're the best people in the world. I got to tell you. I love the people we work with. You guys are fantastic, and we now have clients in uh, in 48 states. And we, uh, as a firm, we manage over four billion dollars. and And uh, recently, Financial Advisor Magazine named us one of the top 100 registered investment advisors. And we're very proud of that distinction. But you know, without our beloved and most valued clients, we would actually be nowhere. So we know what side of the toast our butter is on. And you clients, we love you. We thank you. We're so grateful. And uh, you know, one of the things I think that has contributed to to the fact that uh, you know uh, we we have as many clients as I described is our uh, pr- invest and protect strategy, and as you guys may have heard me talk about it uh, in in November of 2007, our strategy said to sell. And of course, this was before the credit crisis came, and it told us to stay out until um, uh, June of 2009. So it was almost a year and a half that we were counseling listeners to the show and those of you who get my market alert videos and emails, and of course, our clients uh, to stay out and protect yourself against that. And the same thing in 2010 and 11, and in 2015 also, uh, and most uh, and most recently here in 2020, uh, March 10th, of course, was when we said to sell. And you may recall that was the day before the pandemic was announced and all the country was shut down and the, the stock market went into a free fall and all that kind of stuff. Now, our buy, didn't, uh, our buy signal didn't come until June 4th. And of course, the criticism for that is that the market was a little bit higher than where it was when we sold on March 10th. That's true. However, at the time, we did not know that the market was going to bounce back that quickly. And so as, as a fiduciary for my clients, what I do is I look at what is the downside risk that they face. And I, just, and I say to myself, do I want my clients to face that kind of risk? Because you know we didn't know that the Federal Reserve was going to come in and essentially say they're going to buy up the entire bond market. Okay, that had never happened before. And in fact, I have questions about whether that is even constitutional. But that's a whole different topic. The other the other thing that uh, you know we didn't know was that the government would come out and throw three trillion dollars at the economy. We didn't know that either. Okay, they didn't do it in two thousand eight or in Y two K when those bear markets came. So there was no precedent for all of this stuff. But what we did know was that the economy was going to be shut down, we, or it looked like they were talking about it. We did know the market was dropping rapidly, and we did know that if this COVID thing was going to turn out to be terrible, that we could have another depression, and we could have tens of millions of people unemployed, and that could be very, very bad for the stock market. And so in the view of all of that, our investment protect strategy said it was time to get out, and so we did. And if I had to do it again, I would. Why? Because I don't want to put my clients in harm's way. If I see harm coming to them from a financial standpoint, if I see great harm, debilitating harm, you know, or worse, you know, I remember in in, uh, in 2008, we met so many people that had lost so much money and and the level of pain that they were in, the depression, the the anxiety, you know, oh my gosh, am I going to lose everything? You know, I, I can't retire now. I don't have enough money anymore. And and or or I am I, I retired, you know, two years ago in in 2006, and now you know I'm sitting here and I've lost so much money. I don't even know how I'm going to meet, you know, live the the retirement I wanted. I mean, when I saw the pain and everything that people experienced back then, I know what that's what what that looks like, and I don't want that for you. And that's why we have an invest and protect strategy. Now. I will tell you that with what's going on right now, 
there is the potential, once again, for the the economy being locked down. We, we did not get a stimulus out of, the, out of the Congress. And that, to me, is unconscionable. I can't believe that they've all gone home to campaign for their reelection while people are suffering and there's businesses going under, going under and all of that. It's, it, I, I don't even understand how you do that calculus. But they did. And then we've got this, uh, the uncertainty over the elections. What happens if Trump is reelected? What happens if Biden is elected? You know, all that uncertainty. So do you have a strategy to protect yourself in the event that this turns out to be a free fall? And, you know, there are people that are saying the Fed has pretty much shot all their ammunition and there's not much left that they can use. So if the market drops dramatically and the economy goes into a tailspin, then and the Fed can't come to the rescue like they did last time, then what? So, you know, I think this is a time of great risk. Now, having said that, you know, I, I, if you listen to the first segment of the show, I said that I think that this is what's going on right now is, a, is potentially a buying opportunity, but I could be wrong. You know, the important thing is that we have a, an invest and protect strategy just like the one that was there for 2008, and it is ready to be employed, and we will do it. We will protect our clients from that downside risk. And if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, I'm going to ask you to introspect for just a moment and, and ask yourself, what happens if, you know, they take their time and they don't get around a stimulus package till next year? This economy could fall really badly. We could have more bankruptcies. We could have more unemployment. And we could see the stock market go down quite a bit more. And by the time they get around to it, what if they're not able to counteract it? We, we're so far down that it doesn't come back like it did in, the last, uh, in this last time. What are you going to do? Go back and look at the value that your account had at the end of March and ask yourself, if that stayed there for a year and then took five years or whatever it took, you know, it took, it took six years for uh, uh, 2008 to recover. But let's say it, it, it took even four years to recover from that. Would you still be able to retire like you want to? Would you be able to support the lifestyle that you want? I suspect not. So do you want to take that kind of risk? I would say not. So I would encourage you to go to our website. It's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And when you're there, you can find uh, um, podcasts about our investment protect strategy. You can find articles that uh, we, we've had about it. You can uh, see videos on it. We have lots of information about our belief system, which is that growth is important, but protection of principle is even more important. Shazam. And we have another, yes, and we have another investment principle, which is you should only take as much risk as is necessary to accomplish your financial goals. And I believe that if you don't have an invest and protect strategy or some mechanism to protect yourself from massive losses, you are taking more risk than is necessary to accomplish your financial goals. So go to our website, rpoa.com. We can't help, you know, it's like that movie, uh, Tom Cruise movie years ago, <laughs> help me help you, okay? I can't help you if I don't know who you are. I can't help you if you don't come to me and avail yourself of what I can do, all right? So RPOA, we have uh, all kinds of resources there for you. So RPOA.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our state tip of the week, which is going to answer the burning question you've been laying awake at night wondering about, which is, what is the job of an executor? So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe, and of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. 
Why, thank you, Jack. And I am founder of Retirement Planners of America, and we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. We've, we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are retired or retiring soon. And Fascinating. That, yes, very. And, and, you know, if that's you, ladies and gentlemen, then this show is designed for you. In our firm, we, uh, we now work with over 9,000 wonderful, beautiful families uh, in 48 states, and we are honored, we are privileged. And, uh, you know, uh, Forbes named us Best in State Wealth Advisor here uh, just this last year, and we're very proud of that. But, you know, without our beloved and most valued clients, we would be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you. We thank you. And uh, this is the part of the show where we talk about uh, how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor, which is also called estate planning. So this week, I thought we'd uh, we'd talk about something that I'm sure you guys have been laying awake at night. You, you're just you can't get to sleep because you have this question and you just have never been able to get the proper answer for, and it's just been bugging you and bugging you. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna relieve you of that. I'm gonna give you the answer finally to the question: What is the job of the executor of my will? Right? Isn't that the question that you've been kind of like staying awake at? No, maybe not. Okay, well then we won't. No, I'm kidding. All right, so let's go. <laughs> so let's go over what is the job of an executor. But first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. And though my pocket may be empty, I'd be a millionaire. And, of course, that is Tony Bennett with Rags to Riches. And, you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags, and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. So this week, it's really not really a tip. It's more of a, more of a glossary or a dictionary. We're going to tell you what is the job of an executor. Now, if you've been named executor of somebody's estate um, – I would say you need to know what that means before you say yes, okay? Because there are liabilities involved with that. If you mess it up, you are actually personally liable for it, okay? So in most cases, I would say if you're not a family member, I would not take that job. <laughs> just just me, okay? Now, you may want to. You're a good person and all that, but I wouldn't want the responsibility, not, not the responsibility, but the liability. So let's go over what it's all about. So First of all, the executor is the person uh, who is named in your will to carry out the wishes of the deceased person. This is different than a trustee, okay? The trustee actually takes over after the executor has finished their, their work, okay? So there, there's two people. So an executor typically is the person who goes and takes the will through probate. Um, they're the ones that uh, are in, in charge of making the distributions upon somebody's death. They're the ones that are in charge of paying the debts and the taxes of the estate. So if, if as I said, if you mismanage the estate and the funds and it res results in a loss, the beneficiaries can sue you personally. So again, <laughs> think long and hard if somebody names you as the executor of their estate. All right. Now, the executor also will need to manage, to examine, to read the will and the trust documents, and it's the executor's responsibility also, as I said, to go through probate and all the distributions, everything else, with the, uh, even without the approval of the judge, if that's the case. However, uh, and so the difference here is that once everything has been distributed, if there are already trusts or whatever, then the trustee takes over at that point. 
Okay, so the trustee could be the, the person in charge of the trust. But just think of the executor as the person who, once somebody dies, their job is to do all the administration, pay all the bills, do all the taxes, read the will, read the trust documents, all that kind of stuff, make the distributions that are supposed to be made according to the wishes of the decedent, and go through all of that. My, my recommendation to you would be don't do this by yourself. Okay, hire an, uh, an estate planning attorney to help help you with it, because again, if you if you mismanage it because of something you didn't know, it's not you know it's not that you did something on purpose to 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 be bad. You you just didn't know. It still could be mismanagement. It still is a liability. And and believe me, I've seen it multiple times where family members will turn on you and they'll sue you. Okay, so um, it is an important job. It is uh, one uh, that you do out of love because in most cases, the executor does not get paid for this. So it's a, it's a non-paid job. <laughs> so as I said, uh, I would think long and hard before if I were you, before I would, uh, I would become somebody's executor. But of course, if it's your family and uh, you want to take care of the sibs and all of that, I get it. But at the same time, remember, if you mismanage it, your, your siblings that love you before may turn on you after. So uh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's the executor's job. It's a thankless job, believe me. I've, I've, I've had clients tell me that they were the executor, uh, you know, and the whole family like is yelling at them because they don't like what's going on and they didn't like this and that. And hey, you know what? It's, 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 somebody needs to do the job though. So anyway, uh, so now if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Then, uh, you know, there's several things I'd like for you to do. One of the, and they all start with going to our website, which is rpoa.com. And right now is Medicare enrollment period. So some very important, it's a very important time and it expires in December. So you have a, a window here. And, uh, you know, I believe that if you do it correctly, it's better than not doing it correctly. And talking with somebody about uh, how to do it and where to do it and all that kind of stuff is important. And also we have a, 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 a virtual webinar that you can go to and watch. We also have... Uh, 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 virtual seminars on retirement planning in during the pandemic and how to you know protect yourself during all these terrible things that are happening also we have uh, seminars on social security and also you can click the box that says meet with an advisor and you can sit down and talk to one of our uh, retirement planners about your estate planning your uh, social security planning all kinds of stuff oh well, Dorothy, it is not too wonderful to be true because it is true. And, you know, we're here to help. We want to, we're here to serve. We want to help you and serve you as, as much as we can. No charge or obligation for anything that we do. Our, our view is the more people we help, the better off we'll be in return. We believe in karma. We believe in the, the golden rule and all of that. So our website is rpoa.com. Well, you know what? This show's over already. I cannot believe how fast it has gone. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. It's only the beginning. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The 
the tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Murray or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.